guys, welcome to Rank and Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever made. And this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. How's it going, Quincy? How's your week going? Oh, uh, it is that time of year again. So you know how I can't enjoy normal things like a regular human being? <laughs> right. Like, I can't like wrestling. I've got to like Japanese wrestling. And I can't just like Japanese wrestling. i got to like Japanese deathmatch wrestling with gusset plates, but only in bathhouses. <laughs> yeah, like whatever, and only whatever with thing you men get into. who are dressed like American slashers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Is like you have to fine tune it to the point that it is so hyper specific uh, that you can actually inject it. So, on that in that line of think uh, in of thinking, I've been doing that mm. with Christmas movies. And I've been watching uh, the 1970 uh, Ralph Finney Scrooge. Have you seen this movie? No, I've never seen that one. It is the best Christmas story. Or, I'm sorry, not Ralph. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out, kid. <laughs> right. It's the best Christmas carol because um, it's got fucking ghosts in it. Like, I know they all have ghosts, but like... In addition to regular ghosts, the regular three, four, Marley, mm-hmm. um, there's just other ghosts. Like, Marley oh, is like, Scrooge, you're screwing up. Here's a bunch of ghosts to scare you straight. And it's like 1970 Hammer House of Horror style ghouls show up and like oh, wow. spook him. Also, it ends not with... Scrooge standing on his grave and saying, like, oh, I've seen the error of my ways. It ends with him back in his house and Marley saying, yeah, um, too bad you haven't changed your ways. Oh, here's your chains. And the actual devils bring a giant chain and wrap him in chains. And then he wakes up wrapped up in his um, bedsheet chains. Holy shit. Wait a minute. Also, he has bedsheet chains? <laughs> What? <laughs> Holy fuck. This is... Okay, so what you're telling me is that I need to watch this immediately? Oh, it's on YouTube. You've got to. Um, also, fuck. it has the best worst over-the-top Cockney accents, and all the songs are like, Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> very much. Yeah, this is... You You should have you just led with that. The, the Just like the, the Cockney... Wait a minute. No, that thank you very much... Is the next lyric, that's the kindest thing that anyone's ever done for me? Yeah, that's what this movie, it's from this movie. Holy shit, I know that song. All right, well. Yeah, uh, so that song is sung by the people pawning off Scrooge's, you know, warm bedsheets. That's an actual thing, right? Like, in multiple versions, they're like, these bedsheets are still warm. And the lady's like, yeah, what are you going to (laughs) do? They're very fine linen. Um, if you look in the show notes, and also our patrons can find this too, I have dropped the gif of the demons with the chain, and it's like eight demons carrying a giant chain. And like the whole thing is, you know, these chains are the are the sins I forged in life, and they're like, here you go, Scrooge, you're a fucking monster. Uh, the gif that you just posted to the show notes of just a bunch of dudes in hell carrying a chain. Yeah, and uh, just walking into Scrooge's bedroom and r- tying him down in it. Holy shit. Yeah, also, this, this the looks... smug-ass Jacob Marley in this movie oh, is amazing. Oh, he is. Yeah, the shit-eating grin on this guy. He's like, haha, I'm doing that ghost shit. Like, it's just, 
He's so excited to be doing what he's doing. Uh, the Scrooge, honestly, I think one of the weirdest adaptations of Scrooge or uh, of A Christmas Carol has to be the movie Scrooged. With oh Bill yeah, Murray. Scrooged has scarred me because that's one yeah. of those movies I saw like on the big screen TV at Assisi's Pizza when I was way too young. Oh, and, me too. Like, the the death. Like the Ghosts of Christmas Future, when they like he pulls open his robe and it's just like guts and goblins, is just scarring. Yeah, well, and honestly, I my other favorite thing is the fact that apparently um, Carol Kane, who plays the Ghost of Christmas Present, like legitimately kept kicking uh, Bill Murray in the balls. <laughs> uh, like it's now honestly the thing about Scrooge is also that uh, early on, like burned into my brain was just David Johansson, uh, the lead singer of the New York Dolls turned character actor in the 1980s. Um, and he plays a cab driver and he's just like a fucking, hey, Gabagool. Like he's just a fucking crusty New York City cab driver guy. And that guy scared the shit out of me as a kid. Yeah, which then terrifying. Like, like, yeah, and then later on in life, like glam rock was the thing that sort of helped me realize initially, like, oh, I think I might be non-binary. So I guess thank you, Christmas Goblin. Oh, speaking of other Buckwild Christmas movies I've watched, because I've been watching a lot of them, because Scrooge Mm -hmm. is not the weirdest Christmas movie I've seen today. Oh, yeah, no. I watched Bob Hope's The Lemon Drop Kid, which is best known for being the first time this song Silver Bells is recorded and published. Um, Wow, really? It is about Bob Hope being a a, a no-good trickster, and he fucks up in a horse race and talks a mobster's daughter into betting on the losing horse instead of the winning horse. Because I guess th- that part of the plot is a little hard for me to wrap my mind around. I think if you talk people out of betting on the good horse, the returns are higher or something like mm-hmm. that. So anyway. I, I Honestly, I have to admit to you, I don't... Uh, I don't understand anything about the world of gambling. Like, anytime that I become made aware of anything about it, my brain just promptly eats that fact. Like, somebody tried explaining what the VIG was to me in gambling terms, and my brain just immediately, like, Dikimbe Mutombo slapped it out of the air. Like, no, I don't get that information now. I don't the get to know The only that. thing I know about gambling is what I've learned from episodes of DuckTales that take place in a casino. <laughs> <laughs> The only thing I know about gambling is from the Tales of the Crypt episode with Lance Henriksen, where he and the other guy play chop poker. Have you seen that episode? <laughs> no. The only thing I know about gambling is that episode, that's that segment of Four Rooms where they cut that guy's finger off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and anything else outside of that is just like gambling fan fiction. It's not, I just it's not really wish gambling. that I knew more dumb gambling scenes so we could keep this bit up, but I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Literally, that's, that's the only thing I know about gambling. The only thing I know about gambling is that scene in Star Wars uh, The Last <laughs> Jedi where uh, those fucking huge space elephants just run through a casino and wreck everybody's shit. That's, that's my understanding of gambling, is that it's largely about class warfare and animals. Um, <laughs> hey, which, all right, they so, don't set the children free. No, no, yeah, which I... I now, okay, so the thing that I've been watching, uh, I decided uh, at the beginning of the week that what I was going to do was to try to watch a video nasty a day. Like, just one, I was going to make my way through the entire list of video nasties, um, and I was just going to, you know, because I, for me, it was sort of like I've been um, falling down a lot of research holes with sort of horror movies between 1960 and 1980, and I think I've come to an important conclusion I hate Herschel Gordon Lewis movies. 
Um, I was about I, to say, as soon as you said video nasty a day, I was going to say, Ryan, they're very bad. Oh, they're so bad. Don't I honestly, go in the park is a video nasty. Oh, yeah. We've, we've on this very podcast, we've done a number of video nasties. And uh, I, I think I've, I'm, I'm going to have to find another thing to which to dedicate myself. Because, like, honestly, doing listeners video nasties. will notice they're all in the bottom of the list. Yeah, yeah, except for Faces of Death, which is sort of higher up the list, but that's because it's the sort of the Beyonce of of the group, of the video nasties. Like, it's the one that we still talk about. Um, so I pretty much gave that up. Honestly, Herschel Gordon-Lewis movies, and which, of course, like, Herschel Gordon-Lewis being considered the godfather of gore, like, his thing is that, you know, sort of post-Haze Code, he was the one who... Uh, pushed the gore as far as possible. More than that, he was like a marketing guy who was really good at like uh, promotional stuff where it was like a commercial where it was like, just keep telling yourself it's only a movie or like, um, and this is actually my favorite thing is that back in the day they would have like gimmicks at the movie theater where you would have somebody like at a booth uh, up at the entrance of the, the movie theater whose job it was for it to be like the last chance station where they're like, bah, if you're heading in there to see Blood Feast, then it it's pretty scary i don't know like maybe you shouldn't see it Woo. And then, you know and then I'm, although all i can think about that is like can you imagine working at that movie theater and like two weeks into having to do that job somebody walks up and you're like yeah it's a horror movie it's scary whatever have a good time like it's yeah so herschel gordon lewis movies it's it's sort of like uh a lot of early 70s proto-punk bands where i'm like I'm pleased with what you would eventually turn into and who you would inspire, but I don't feel any particular need to consume this. You know, my favorite thing about Jacob Marley, by the way, is that he has to have that fucking handkerchief tied around his head to keep his fucking jaw from falling shut or from falling open. I love that. And I was thinking as I was watching the Mickey Christmas Carol where Goofy is Jacob Marley, Uh how like people my son's age, it's completely lost on them why... There's a handkerchief. It's like, does he have a toothache? No, it's to keep his jaw closed in the tombstone in the castle. Because because he is he is deceased. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Are you shitting me? Goofy is Jacob Marley. You didn't know Goofy is Jacob Marley and the No, I didn't the... know Goofy was holy you shit. You gotta get on that How... Disney Plus dog. <laughs> <laughs> also does... Pete is the ghost of Christmas future and he Oh um, wow smokes. <laughs> So, oh, the cigar, yeah, just the, the big fucking fat stogie. So you just get Goofy, like, the chains are forged in life. Like, you've just got him to, I, which, I don't buy that, because, like, you're telling me that Goofy was, like, evicting orphans from the orphanage? Yeah, yeah. Which Shit, is wild, I, because you know if someone. anyone, it should be, like, because Scrooge McDuck is Scrooge, which totally yeah. makes sense. But, like, really, it should have been, like, Glomgold or, like, um. Yeah. Another of the duck distant cousins. Glumgold's I mean, not related I, to Scrooge, even though they're both ducks. Um, I mean, but like, I would ex- oh, I would did you know Donald we, Duck. we've fallen into the duckle? No, Donald is Fred. <laughs> um, Fred. Oh, okay. What is Scrooge's See, last name? Uh, oh, it's Scrooge. Wait, Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, his last name is comma Ebenezer. <laughs> He, yeah, honestly, um, The Muppet Christmas Carol, I feel like we could do that on this podcast at some point because of the, the, the horror elements in that oh, fucking movie. Oh, it's harrowing. I've also watched that multiple yeah. times this week because I have it, a yeah. child under seven. 
Oh yeah, honestly, my like favorite that movie... line is in um, "There Goes Mr. Humbug." The mm-hmm. vegetables go in on him, and the yeah. vegetable seller goes, "Even the vegetables don't like him. <laughs> Even the vegetables don't like him." Yeah, that's uh, honestly, uh, it. That movie fucking stands up. So and... Kyle pointed out to me, friend of the show, Kyle, that the guy in the jail in that scene is a fraggle. Mm-hmm. Because he's a thief, and Fraggles canonically have no concept of personal oh, property. Right, they're they're subterranean Muppet communists. Yeah, so that's why he's in debtor's prison <laughs> in Victorian <laughs> England. You know what? That scans with how a lot of people responded to a Christmas story, or not a Christmas, fuck me, a Christmas carol, not Christmas story. That's what You're going to shoot your eye out, kid. You're going to shoot your eye out, Scrooge. <laughs> now, the, the, the original, uh, like, when, when it first came out, a lot of people in London were like, hey, fuck this. Like, like it was sort of this, you know, Charles Dickens, like, and this is like pre, you know, Bolshevik, but like, this was sort of like, you're telling me that we should give our money to the poor? And, like, uh, you know, we think of it as, like, a beloved Christmas classic now. A lot of people really didn't fucking like uh, Christmas Carol when it came out. Yeah, it was, like, a financial failure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, like, and, and it basically re it, it sort of invented Christmas the way we think of Christmas. Because, like, prior to that, it was, like, sure, Christmas. Like, it was, a, it was a holiday, but it wasn't the fucking juggernaut of a holiday that it is now. It wasn't uh, the, it wasn't the monster ballads of holidays. (laughs) Dude, I used to want to get a copy of Monster Ballads so bad when I was a kid watching that infomercial. Ryan, I have wonderful news for you. In 2019, (laughs) you can definitely own a copy of Monster Ballads. You're an adult with a paycheck. It's just me weep, yeah, it's just me weeping and listening to High Enough by by, uh, Damn Yankees. Can we talk about how I have also been um, buying CDs again? Man, you know what? Physical media. I'm 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 slowly b- back on my bullshit with wanting more physical media. Yeah. So Razorback Records, which is this death metal label, um, ran a Black Friday sale. Uh, so I got some CDs by the band Howling. Have you heard of Howling? No, I don't. I don't know what that's. They're sounds. a Kentucky death metal band that every song is based off of a '80s slasher movie. So they've got a song about Wolfen. They got a song about Tourist Trap with the lyrics, It's so crazy that now you must die. (laughs) They got a song about The Thing where the chorus is, The man is the warmest place to hide. Excellent. Do they do The Howling? Yeah. Or okay, okay. Yeah, of, you know, of honestly, course. they also do um, "Season of the Witch" and a really good cover yeah. of that song from Trick or Treat. Oh shit! That fucking the Sammy Kerr uh, song about doing stuff and being a guy. Yeah, absolutely. Double, double oh, stuff. and um, I hate to like make a big deal about it, but mm-hmm. their lead singer is a woman. And like, it makes my skin crawl and it makes me die inside to say they have a female vocalist, but she is like Vanessa Nacera is the only draw for the band because frankly, the guitar work is some of the most onanistic (laughs) (laughs) riffing I've ever heard of. But the fact that she has all of these lyrics that are like really deep, um, deeply into these movies are, are we, really good 
We need to bring back onanism as a as a reference to describe something as onanistic. Yeah, it's because outstanding. it's it's all well, you know, you've got to sneak in the fact that you're talking about masturbation. <laughs> so, um, in order to um, help us with our physical media addiction, <laughs> we have a Patreon keeping us in the good CDs. So we we have a Patreon. Uh, going right now, which, by the way, first of all, I'd like to take this opportunity. Everybody who uh, is currently um, pitching into our Patreon and and giving us dollars every month, thank you so much. We uh, were just able to get a Blue Yeti microphone, um, and uh, it's 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 helping it's helping to keep the podcast going and helping to keep the website up. Like it's it, thank you guys so much. Yeah, it's really great, and we will um, be backfilling show notes. We've kind of. Um fallen down unfortunately uh we're still at a point where we both have day jobs so it's hard to keep up with all that but we've got some Mm -hmm. content to backfill um to help you all also if you're on the 25 dollar level you do get a um quarterly care package the next one will probably go out in either january or february we'll probably see um february but uh as long as you sign up in the next month or so you'll be down to get a box and you do not have to stay at the 25 dollar level um one month of paying for it puts you in line for the next subscription box and those have original mail you weird shit weird shit original art stickers temporary tattoos um sometimes used cds unopened dvds (laughs) stuff like that hell yeah um, so yeah, so uh, get at us on Patreon. Um, let's patreon.com slash rank and vowel. Thank you. I, I was trying. My brain just like what was like. I I know I know it, but I. Hmm? So uh, the movie, the first movie that we're doing this week, um, is Silent Night, Deadly Night Two, Part Two from 1987. Um, and Quincy, you've seen the original Silent Night, Deadly Night, right? I thought I did, and then prepping for this week, I realized I have not seen it. <laughs> Yeah, see, so here's the thing. Which sucks um, because this movie is contingent on seeing the first one. You know, you would think so, but all right, so here's here's the thing. Uh, With Christmas horror movies, I think the first one to really do it was Black Christmas. Like, Black Christmas, uh, what, in the mid-70s? And there's a Black Christmas um, re-remake in theaters right now, uh, which I'm reliably informed is pretty good. Yeah, I'm Um, into it. Yeah, um, but so Silent Night, Deadly Night, the first one is very bad. Silent Night, Deadly 2 is much worse. Um, Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, the main thing I remember about Silent Night, Deadly Night, it had this iconic fucking VHS cover of a, uh, it was just a, 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 a chimney with an arm, uh, a Santa arm disappearing down it with an axe in its hand. And you just see the hand with the axe just, like, going down the chimney and then just Silent Night, Deadly Night. And that poster scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Like, Yeah, uh, I remember at the vi- working... At the video shack. Yeah, I remember even working at the mall in the mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. We were selling the DVD re-release with the, like, most controversial horror movie of all time on it. Because I think it was one of those films that people got really upset. Because Santa's, like, one of those people you can't really, you know, mess with. Right, it's 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 the like Santa having a porno. Constituency is pretty hardcore. It's like having a, a a porno about Mr. Rogers. You know, like it's just there 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 are certain figures that were like, can you just let us have this? 
Like, can we just not have murder Santa movies? But the thing is that there are so many murder Santa movies. Um, and Silent Night, Deadly Night, the first one, very, very bad. But Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, this is one of those movies that I feel like... All right, so this movie is an hour... It's a tight 90, you know? It's an hour and a half. It feels so much longer than that. Uh, because <laughs> this movie, it's like it was written while they were filming and they didn't really have a movie yet and they were sort of like, okay, we know we want it to be a sequel to Silent Night, Deadly Night. We know that we want Murder Santa. We know that we... All right, so the movie starts out. The framing device of the movie is that there is this guy in a uh, either prison or a psych ward. It's not really specified. And there's a guy who comes in with a tape recorder who is probably his, like, who wants to be his lawyer or something. And so I think he's just a psych who's doing an evaluation to see if he can stand trial. Okay. So he's I, just a general head shrinker? clearly explained. Yeah, which uh, this guy is the easy, uh, th- this head shrinker is the easiest person in the world to give a Hannibal lecture to and make him go, blah, like, because you've, all right, so the the killer uh, in this movie, who, there, there, there are several, um, he is one of the people that, like, so when he was, uh, the, the guy in the psych ward who's sort of like, man, I'm a mean guy, and there's this orderly at the, at the top of this movie who just, there's this weird sexual tension between these two, and it's never picked up again, and this orderly is never seen again, but this guy just keeps sort of popping back in to be like, ah, can I, can I beat him up? Should I beat him up? Can I, hey, no? Okay, all right, I'm just gonna be outside. Uh, I'm just gonna, uh, do you need a drink? Do you need, can I beat him up? No? Okay. Um... And then so we get into the framing device, which is like, let me tell you about how I did some murder. Um, the killer's name is Ricky. You're now, probably run, was record scratch. You're probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> I just, Ricky. Now, he never, I feel like he's meant to be sort of like scary and sexy and off-putting and evil. But the thing is that he's just like, he, he sounds like Snake from The Simpsons. So you mostly just have this guy sort of going, ha ha, I killed everybody, is Santa Claus. And he uh, is telling the story about how when he was a kid. Now, Christmas horror, for whatever reason, owes a huge debt to the plot device of, well, I was a child on Christmas and I saw people fucking, so that's why I kill people. Why like, is that such a popular trope? I mean, fuck. Is it just Freud? Like, everyone took Psych 101 and was like, Freud? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think it's sort of, um, you know, what, Christmas Evil did the same thing. And I think the idea is, like, uh, kids who are exposed to fucking in a a festive setting and also... (laughs) and also probably murder, will eventually dress up as Santa Claus and kill people. You gotta watch out for um, that festive fucking. Yeah, listen, if, 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 as soon as the festive fucking uh, becomes part of uh, anybody's life, that's when it all goes wrong, you know? Like, that's uh, the point at which. Now, what's incredible also is that uh, they, they're doing... Now, you would think to yourself, all right, I, I'm Joe Q Consumer. I have just rented a movie called Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Not even Silent Night, Deadly Night. I am watching the sequel to Silent Night, Deadly Night. Quincy, what... So you're you're Joe Q consumer. Joe Quincy consumer. Uh, you've just rented Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. What do you want out of a movie called that? I mean, you want Santa murdering people with an axe. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's all you want is, like, holiday murder. 
Like, you don't, this is, you are fully on board for Santa killing people with an axe. What, what you get is, that it, like, is zero holiday murder. <laughs> oh my god, there is only one festive murder in this movie, and it is an outrage. Like, there's a guy who gets uh, garroted with Christmas lights, which, okay, sure. Um, but he, uh, alright, so it goes into the backstory where, like, he and, uh, he's a baby and in the car with his parents, and this, like, Santa on the road, like, holds them up at gunpoint and then kills them, and... It basically... You know, like like roadside Santas do. I've got to watch out for those roadside Santas. And so he sort of grows up, and as a teenager, he puts on a Santa costume, and he's at like an office Christmas party. Now, my problem with it is, he doesn't have the fake beard on when he's killing people as Santa. Like, I, I think there are a few hard and fast holiday uh, horror movie rules that I think we all need to follow, and one of those is... If you're dressed up as Santa, you put that goddamn beard on. Like, don't don't let it flap underneath your neck. I don't want to see your clean-shaven face. You need to look like Santa if you're going to be a Santa killer. Yeah. You gotta like, be that's just... down on your luck. Right. Ratty looking, kind of dumpy. You've got a, a shitty fake beard. And it can be kind of askew, the beard. It can be a shitty beard. Just, you gotta have something. Um, and so, uh, the movie sort of goes on and he's like recounting all of this stuff to, uh, the psych at, um, the, I assume psych ward or is it a prison? Who, who knows? Now I want to know how much do we have, um, how much blame does one flew over the cuckoo's nest get for cinematic depictions of mental institutions? Yo, I'm going to say about 90%. Um, I, I really hate that movie because of also the what it does with uh, electroconvulsive therapy and what it makes, what it has, like, sort of made everybody believe about ECT. Yeah. Like, you know, you know what they do is they just, like, stick the fucking electrodes on your head. You are wide awake for it. Uh, it's painful. Uh, you, you know, and it lasts for at least, like, 30 seconds when really it's, like, um, you're knocked out for it. They send you, they give you a couple of jolts. Uh, and it's really gentle, and it has helped a lot of people. But the problem yeah, is that actual medical literature supports it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so the problem is that you know, if you say, "Yeah, I support ECT," immediately, like the the thought is like, "Oh, well, so you support like old timey Edwardian mental asylums, like ice baths and chains on the wall and shit." Um, but yeah, no. Uh, One flew over the cuckoo's nest. I blame that movie for kind of setting up, setting everybody back about fifty years in terms of depictions of mental health. Good movie, um, but... Oh, yeah, really no, great shitty. movie. You know, the thing is, listen, Brad Dourif is in the mix. you got a young Christopher Lloyd who has looked 40 since he was 10. It's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, so now there's something about Christmas horror movies that I've realized. Uh, so in a lot of these movies, when you've got sort of a creepy loner who saw people fucking on Christmas and now he has the bloodlust, you... He's always at, like, an office Christmas party or something, Everybody gets completely lobotomized on Christmas. Like, everybody's just like, hey, it's Santa Claus. And they're just, like, wobbling his belly and, like, throwing up eggnog. I feel like everybody becomes dumber when it's Christmas. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah look around. You're, yeah, you're dazzled by presents and fucking pudding and all manner of Yuletide shit. And, so, and let's talk about um, how many holiday baked goods are just, like, 
giant turkey baster filled with booze. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's incredible. If um, you can't so, tell me the last time you have had a holiday baked good that was just so wet with rum it exploded like a gusher, you've not had a holiday baked good in a while. <laughs> Exactly right. Um, and, it's also and, and, the wildest time of year because shit like that gets brought to every office party I've ever been to. And it's like, yeah, what are you doing? Where well, and, it is three o'clock in the afternoon. See, honestly, I, I feel like there's a social contract that if it's the office Christmas party or generally if you're at work and it's Christmas anything, laws do not exist anymore. It is the, it's the law of the jungle. And it's you and whatever alcoholic uh, beverage you have on you. Uh, nobody actually has to get any work done. Probably somebody could die, and then everybody agrees to like festively cover up the body or something. Like it's, it it becomes it turns into a weird holiday purgatory. I think just that space between December twentieth and January first. Um, so and so in let's talk about how uh, motherfucker kills a guy with an umbrella. Man, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, so this is a bad he's movie. he's the bull in a Looney Tunes movie. Every time he sees <laughs> the color red, he's reminded of Santa. But and and we know this is true because the psychiatrist writes in giant pen on his clipboard, "Red truck." Red truck! Exclamation point. Which is it's my not favorite the fact note. that he witnessed a woman getting raped and he's going to murder the rapist. It's the red truck right. that drove him to be a killer. Well, and I'll tell you for nothing, there is about 400% more rape in the movie Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 than should be in this movie. Like, it's oh, it's, it's, a, it's a movie about murder Santa. It's just at the drop of a hat in this movie. Like, it's just, a, it's like weather in this universe. Like, it's just constant, and always there will be a Santa Claus standing nearby to kill everybody involved. Um, and so you get... Uh, now, there is a scene in here... All right, uh, a guy gets stabbed with an umbrella, and then... Um, he opens up the umbrella on the other side of his body, so it doesn't, like, open up in... I I can't believe I'm going to say this. I wish that had been gorier. Like, I wish that when he had opened the umbrella, like, entrails had just come, like, flying out of it or something. Well, you have to remember that I'm pretty sure all of their effects budget was spent on the guy getting electrocuted by the car battery. So <laughs> they are just like, we just got to make do with a couple of squibs and that's it because yeah we we built five replica heads that we blew up with electricity and that's all the yeah. money well and what's also incredible is there's the killing here where um he uh, uh uses a car battery to like he or no he uses like jumper cables and a car battery to like attach it to a dude's face and like his, his mouth and like electrocutes him the dude puts on these huge uh, sunglasses right before it because they're going to need to use a prosthetic that looks like a head without very fake looking eyes. So I love that this dude is like, man, whatever. And he just puts on sunglasses as he's trying to walk away. It's all right. So there is a scene in here that sla that is pretty good, which is um, sort of apropos of nothing. And for no reason, <laughs> there are, there are snow bullies uh, sort of hanging out sledding and they're like being dicks to these other kids and one of them is sledding down a hill, and as he's sledding, you get the sort of Tom Savini moving camera shot, and then he gets his head chopped off while he's sledding, and then his friend at the bottom of the hill is like, hey, Jerry, what's... And then he sees that his friend has gotten his head chopped off. Cla you know, classic gag. They do a the, lot of fun. the chopping head uh, fake-out multiple times in the same movie. 
They really do. Because Mother and Superior it, at the end is like, hey, Mother Superior, oh, no! No, no! Man, they, man, they, they go back to that well, I think, one time uh, too many in this movie. The thing that I, I don't think, think is you can go to that well more than once per film, <laughs> if that. Yeah, if there's a severed head fake out, that's pretty. You've blown your load. That's the one you get in this movie. Um, it's now, like what's, exclamation um, points in your novel. You get one, <laughs> and it's got to count. Exactly. Now, the uh, so Ricky, the Santa Claus killer guy in this movie, or one of like three of them, because his brother, he's just you know what he's uh, what Ricky's doing is he's just uh, replicating the patterns of uh, abuse. Basically, you know? yeah, um, it's trying to say in a weird sort of way, like if you don't address Ricky, basically is saying, "I watched my brother go on a murder spree when I was a child." So I'm also going on a murder spree, which right. is weirdly progressive for a film of 1987 to say, like, hey, trauma is intergenerational and we had to deal with it, except right. it never sticks that thoughtful landing. It, it requires us 32 years later talking about it on a podcast, trying to make jokes about it to say, <laughs> like, actually, it's a really thoughtful statement on... <laughs> intergenerational yeah, like, trauma yeah and a meditation on the things we inherit uh yeah they, they fuck you up your mom and dad and so and really it's that his brother saw another santa claus doing murder on his mom and that's what made him do it so anyway um man just santa is a bad dude you know honestly yeah we should just ban santas we need to we need to get the government to uh crack down on santa crime um now the, what's amazing to me is that ricky uh his catchphrase and also his brother's catchphrase is punish he's swinging an axe at people he just yells punish in a weird wooden voice um and i'm annoyed that they couldn't come up with a better catchphrase for him to yell like ho ho no or (laughs) jingle hell like it's something you've been naughty you know (laughs) i'm you're getting cold this year or whatever like just something that's not just punishing Holy fuck! Yeah, extreme. No, 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 no. <clears throat> Okay, sorry. I had to tell this joke so fast that cho- I'm choking on my Lacroix. So oh, if please, I die, please. it's worth it. <laughs> You'll be sorry. Hey! <laughs> there we go. And That's now it. I die That's because it. I aspirated <laughs> in Lacroix. <laughs> and then as it turned out you'll be yeah that's that's how it, that's how it happens um now so much of this movie is basically like the video for gangsta's paradise by coolio where like you know how in that uh the video it's just sort of like coolio you know rapping about you know living in a gangsta's paradise and and michelle pfeiffer very using... close to michelle pfeiffer yeah oh yeah and michelle pfeiffer is just like sitting in this chair being like you know i'm not gonna let him get to me i'm just gonna you know i'm like a, i'm like a tough michelle pfeiffer i'm gonna sit in this chair and like stare at him but it's him sort of, you know, what, it was from the movie Dangerous Minds, I want to say? Yeah, which is about a, a white suburban teacher who goes into, like, really tough uh, inner city school and is going to, like, teach him. Right, and has to learn how to, like, do that well. Um, now, And then the whole thing is like, hey, you don't know what it's like. Right, and that's basically what Ricky the Santa Claus killer is doing with the uh, the shrink at this place, where like it keeps cutting back to the two of them, 
um, where he's recounting the tale of how he did an evil Santa murder. And it's just like the guy's looking so shook. And, you know, Ricky's like, oh, I'm sorry. Is Did I get a little too real recounting how I killed a guy with an umbrella? And it's it's truly incredible. Um, now, there is a, a point at which Ricky uh, is uh, in, involved in a romantic relationship with a young woman. And uh, the movie is playing this straight where it's just like, oh, no, you know, like they just uh, they dated and they were really into each other. And. Uh, they get, like, a two-minute-long Skinamax-style fuck scene, which, I gotta tell you, did not need that in my Killer Santa movie, man. Like, I just get get your pasty butt cheeks out of my face on this movie. I just want to see somebody, like, killing people with antlers or something. Like, I don't... What are we doing? Um, I, I mean, I, I think again, I might be getting... it's... In 1987, you got your needs from the video store and like you couldn't go behind the beaded curtain so you had to find movies in front of the beaded curtain that you could like sneak that in you know that's 2019 we're just you know we're living in hellraiser we're just constantly (laughs) bombarded with bombarded with yeah, pleasure. <laughs> yeah, that's big. Yeah, our brains are like they're they're lighting it up like a pinball machine. Just at all hours of the day, weird porn game ads play in our dreams at this point. I yeah, think. like even like non pornographic ads or like stuff for just regular things, you know, mm-hmm. has that kind of spin. It's it's God, we really we really do live in Hellraiser at this point. Like yeah. there's just we we are yeah yeah we've we've. Succumb to it. Somebody call Lance is, Henriksen because we're in Hell World. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is Internet Hellraiser. Um, now, so they do that, uh, and then they go into a scene where uh, he and his his main uh, his main squeeze they go out to a movie, and it's a horror movie, and it's a horror movie about a Santa Claus who kills people. <laughs> So this is 100% Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 going, I see what we're doing, and it's the most... It, now, you would think, like, oh, okay, so is it going to make some sort of, like, meta-commentary about it? Absolutely not, under no circumstance. It's just going to be like, oh, evil Santa. Um, and then he... I don't know, I don't know. A bunch of bullshit happens. Now, what I'm, what happens, and this is very important, um, what I've described thus far has been a sort of medium, like, sort of middle-of-the-road horror sequel to a, to a, a movie in 1987. Uh, what happens, though, is that when... Uh, Ricky, the evil Santa, confronts his girlfriend and her ex, ends up killing both of them. What ensues is like a 10-minute Grand Theft Auto sequence that has nothing to do with Santa Claus. Zero to do with Christmas. It's reminiscent of Christmas Evil, where the entire town chases Santa at the end. And then he drives off a bridge. Yeah, basically where he, like, if this were Grand Theft Auto, Ricky's getting four stars. Like, he... A cop comes up on him after he's just killed two people, and he kills the cop, takes the gun, and just kind of goes, ha 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 And he just takes the gun and wanders off and just starts shooting people, um, including a, a truly fucking iconic scene in which he just... And I, I posted this to the Rank and Vile Twitter because I cannot stop thinking about it. Um, there's a scene in here with the weirdest cuts in the world... Uh, where he walks up to a guy who's taking out the garbage, and then he just looks at the guy and goes, Garbage day! And the guy goes, what? And then he just shoots him, and the camera, he's like, whoa, no! And it just, like, makes six different cuts while he's flying through the air. Okay, we have to talk about this. 
is the uh-huh. guy consciously raising the trash can as a shield, or is it just a really awkward acting choice? See, I was going to guess that he held it up the way... Um, do you remember in Freddy vs. Jason how um, the one guy whose dad gets decapitated on the porch, like, he tries lifting up his father's head to defend himself when Jason swings a machete at him? This this made me think of that, like, save me, garbage, which... Yeah, like... I gotta tell you, deeply relatable. Yeah, for sure. If there's anything yeah. that is gonna save us, it's garbage. <laughs> it is It is garbage. Now, so all of this stuff happens, he, he goes on a weird killing spree for no apparent reason. Not in a Santa costume, by the way. Now, I gotta tell you, get your gun out of my horror movie. What yeah, are you like... doing? <laughs> Honestly, like I was genuinely kind of scandalized that we, you know, we get like a shooting sequence of him out of costume with just a regular degular fucking dirty hairy ass gun just running up to randos and shooting them in his sweater. And so it goes from Can that we also to... talk about how the poster is a different kind of gun than the one he uses. I mean, I hate to be yeah. that nerd who's like. Actually, I'm, I'm sorry. Let me get on IMDb trivia and write down the model <laughs> handgun. <laughs> oh, wait. 18 yeah, one of the people weird have already added that. Yeah. You know what it is? Just coordinate your promotional material, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Like, is that so much to ask? To, like, just check, hey, sorry, I'm just doing a mock-up of the poster. What kind of a, a browning? Okay, great. Or whatever. Like, just get get the right gun. Now... So then the cops show up, uh, finally there's enough of them, and they're like, and he tries, you know, killing himself with the gun while the cops are advancing on him, but then, oh no, he's used all the bullets on random passersby. And so it cuts to the present day, where, wouldn't you know it, the the psychologist has been uh, choked to death with the uh, tape reel um, in in the, the room. I am astounded that this was able to happen and that there wasn't a guard, like... And what what happened to Orderly at the beginning of the movie who was ready to throw hands at a moment's notice? Right, right. They just dropped that plot line. Yeah, just utterly. And so he uh, finally puts on a fucking Santa costume, which, thank you, in my Christmas horror movie, would it kill you to wear a Santa costume for this shit? Put that gun down. Um, he ventures back to the uh, sort of Edwardian-ass orphanage that he grew up in with, like, the sort of uh, evil mother superior who, you know, traumatized him as a child because he saw people fucking on Christmas. And anyway, so he goes back to kill her. Now, you might think to yourself, an elderly nun in a wheelchair running very slowly away from a Santa with an axe? That doesn't sound very suspenseful. And you'd be right. It is... (laughs) You're just sort of watching it and like, okay, oh, I wonder who's going to win between this elderly nun and this uh, pretty jacked Santa. Like, he's he's pretty, he's got the build and the wardrobe of the guy whose dad, whose rich dad is going to shut down the ski lodge and he gets taken down a peg by, by a gang of scrappy misfits. Only he's Santa. Uh, and so, yeah, so he kills her. There's a, a, a severed head fake out, and then he... You think he's dead, but then there's an eyes-opening gag at the end, which, fine, okay, it's 1987. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, this this movie, it's, it's very, very bad, but it did at least give us the garbage day scene, and also just the weirdest... Just that 10-minute sequence where it's just like... 
him playing in free play on Grand Theft Auto for no apparent reason. Like, that to me was very obviously like, okay, we got a pad for time. Uh, shooting spree? Sure. Um, okay. So, all right. This is a bad movie. Where on our list do we think it falls? It's certainly not better than um, Christmas Evil. No, no, no. Honestly, Christmas Evil is right underneath Black, uh, the original Black Christmas for me for, like, the gold standard in Christmas horror movies. Is um, it better than other 80s slasher Slaughter High, which has a fake-out of a guy, like, killing uh, orderly and escaping? Well, Slaughter High has, the first ten minutes of it, has uh, George Clooney in an early role. Uh, so that's ex- that's exciting. Um, and, you know, it's high... that totally relatable thing about going back to your abandoned high school. <laughs> yeah, you don't got to tell me. We all, listen, who, who among, who, whomst among us hasn't broken into our old high school to just sort of lurk, you know, <laughs> just wander around. Um, lurk and now, fuck. Yeah, just lurking and fucking. Now, I would, all right, I would put this below Slaughter High because five seconds of George Clooney is worth an hour and a half of the petulant uh, acting that the guy does as Ricky the Killer Santa. Okay, so However, yeah, I right... gotta scroll way the fuck down then, because Slaughter High is yeah. low on the list. Oh, Slaughter High is number 380. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, this god damn, and at least Slaughter High, like, it's a whole lot of nothing, but it is at least a horror movie all the way through, where Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, first of all, it's not a Silent Night at all, that's horseshit, and second of all, I would say about half of this movie is Christmas. Okay. Like, I should not be getting a sequence that takes place in summer where it looks like fucking purple rain, where it's Ricky the Killer Santa on a motorcycle with his girlfriend driving up to the coast. Like, get out of here with this. If it's a Christmas movie, I don't want it to be summer at any point. It Come on, what, what are we doing? Is it better than, are any of the kills better than the kills in Happy Birthday to me? Happy birthday to me has the shish kebab murder, yes. which when I when I when I think of sort of now and obviously in also the early eighties the there were highly elaborate car murder, the like very the, elaborate car murder. Yeah, yeah, like the the car falls on them and like twists them up in the axle. I think it's incredible. Now, honestly, happy birthday to me. I it, it's I feel like I want to put that above it just because uh, in the early eighties during the slasher boom where everybody was just like banging that shit out. This was, I think, like, for me, the platonic ideal of, look, let's not bullshit ourselves. This movie is not about anything except 20 ways to fricassee a human being. Like, we're, we're, this is the movie that you watch when it's like, hey, do you want to watch, again, like, the Umbrella Murder. Okay, so it, next yeah. section of the list is a clutch that I like to call Halloween is Awesome versus Christmas. <laughs> God damn, we really which is do the, have a... Which is the more supreme holiday? Okay, I think I know which movie Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is better than. At number 388, we have Hashtag Horror, which is a straight-to-VOD uh, horror movie that also features um, Tim Timothy Hutton uh, in, in a bit part, so good for him, get that money. Uh, but Hashtag Horror is meant to be a sort of of a very special teen horror movie that's meant to like sort of talk to the youths about important issues that matter in their life, but it's from like a concerned parent that doesn't understand teenagers and it's just kind of embarrassing. Where at least we have the inscrutable garbage day scene. From... <laughs> that's true. Now, is the garbage day scene better than spooky uh, drag? 
yes. Okay. Yes, better than Spooky Drive. All right. So then at number 388 is Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Hell yeah. Uh, that... Oh, God. Uh, I'm, I'm, that's the first of my many Christmas horror movies that I'm going to be watching this year, so it can only go up from here. Plus, we've already done Santa's Sleigh with Bill Goldberg on well, this podcast. So, listen, bud, I cannot recommend uh, Scrooge from 1970 <laughs> enough because it's got actual ghosts in it. Yeah, more more Christmas ghosts. I don't think that's I don't think that's too much to ask. Okay, um, so next up, we've got a couple of short films by the director. Uh, Rockefeller Abergel, she was nice enough to send us some of her work. So we've mm-hmm. got two short films. We've got Jackson Love, uh, yes, that's J A X, uh, and we've got Boo. So um, Jackson Love is not directed by um, Abergel. It is starring her. Um, mm-hmm. The the director Colin Campbell says. He wanted to do the Hills Have Eyes remake meets Thelma and Louise. Thelma and Louise have eyes. Yeah, Thelma and Louise have eyes. Um, and it's not too bad. It's a pretty good um, thing. Now, the tagline of the poster says, from the executive producer of Napoleon Dynamite. What? <laughs> Holy fuck. That... I, you know, I don't know what I was expecting. It was not from the executive producer of Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, so um, I was going to ask, is that the best or the worst tagline to put on your movie poster? Best. Easily best. That would make me watch this immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how did how did you feel about it? So it's pretty good. It's a, it's a girl who is stuck at a rest stop. And uh, she's trying to get in to get gas, and she can't. And then she gets picked up by another um, another innocent girl. And very soon it is revealed that our main character, Jax, has mm-hmm. something weird going on. And um, everyone that she comes in contact to uh, deeply regrets meeting her. Um, I don't want to spoil this film because it's still on the festival circuit. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a pretty fun little um, short film. It's pretty decent. Well, there we go. Um, so I would Hell say yeah. it's at home with our other short films. Um, so looking at the list, I would put... Hmm. Jackson Love. I'm not super in love with the ending because it was kind of difficult to parse and it wasn't really the in the reveal um doesn't like make the movie so it's kind of tough to say that but i would definitely say like building a movie on a reveal i feel like is kind of a risky uh thing to do yeah it's better than the bye bye man yo there we go and the bye bye man is at number Wait, what, what number is the Bye Bye Man at? 355, which is above Spooky Buddies. <laughs> now, I tell you what, the Bye Bye Man is pretty far from the bottom of the list. Surprisingly, it is it has gotten up. Oh, um, I would say it's better than Innsmouth, which is a mm. short film about Cthulhu, and it's got mm. that um, tentacle vagina. 
right. but not better than that. No One Lives because no one in Jackson Love makes a skin suit out of former WWE wrestler Brodus Clay. <laughs> Which, you know, I gotta say is actually kind of a draw for me that I just kind of want to watch Funkasaurus get skinned. Like, <laughs> that's... It's it's not every day you get to you get to see a thing like that. So I feel I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah. So okay. Jackson Love is at number three fifty four. Now let's talk about the significantly better short film that Rockefeller Abergale sent us called Boo, which came out oh. this year. Boo rules. So yeah. So Boo, uh, which is the short film from uh, Rockefeller Abergale, who it. So uh, no spoilers it's, because it's also still on the festival circuit. Oh, it's on the circuit. Okay. So basically. Uh, this is a movie that plays around with uh, addiction and compulsive behavior. Yeah, the entire and... thing takes place at an uh, in the parking lot after an uh, a twelve step meeting. Right. Which side note here, uh, I would like to go on the record right now. I really don't like Alcoholics Anonymous as a uh, an organization. I think it's weird and cult like. Um, but. Also, it has helped a lot of people, so it's this thing of, like, you know, if it's if it works for people, that's wonderful. I think it... There's necessarily a weird kind of horror for me with Alcoholics Anonymous and with 12-step programs generally, where it sort of, like, starts from this place of, like, original sin, where, like, once an addict, always an addict, and it's it's a lot. Yeah, and, and I, th- I really like that it plays a lot with addiction in this film, and um, mm-hmm. it's... Abigail as a director is really great because she is so willing to cast like to cast herself, but to cast herself in like the shittiest role in this movie is very great. Just like a very terrible person. Oh yeah. No, honestly like this, it now, um, so uh, Rockefeller Abigail is the main character in Boo. Yeah. She is. That's incredible. Yeah. So the fact that she's like, yep, I'm going to be, a total turd in this movie. <laughs> Dude, that, that rules. That, yeah, honestly, because it's like the most, um, it's, and she plays, you know, this person at her lowest in her entire, like, rock bottom life. And, yeah. it, you know, it, a lesser director would say, I don't think I want to, I don't think I want to make myself do these horrible things in a movie. Right, right, right. Where, where it would be like, you know, I, honestly, the, so, she, uh, as a character, has is like seven years sober, and then because this is a horror movie, you kind of you know you figure out eventually that like you know lots of things can be addictions, and it the way that it plays out is really is is you know what this is I would put this kind of on par with um, your date is here yeah where it's it's, it's just sort of like a very perfect good little it's, it's a perfect cheeseburger of a horror a short bon like it's mon. exactly as much as you want if you will. It's wait, 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 what did you say? A bon mot. Isn't that what that's called? Yeah, it is a bon mot. Yeah, like, it's just this, it's, yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Um, I, uh, the effects in this are actually pretty good. Yeah, also, it's got, because Abigail worked on it, um, I got to see a little behind-the-scenes featurette, uh, as well, and mm-hmm. actually a lot of women worked on this. Like, I think almost a, a large majority of the crew were women, and there's, like, a... There's an attention to detail on, like, what an addict is that feels really authentic um, and rings really true. And also, just, like, 
be feeling shitty about yourself for being a shitty person is just really yeah just leaning into that leaning yeah. into that shame like it's yeah and sort of the thing that you're you know when when you're not being your best self like the the when you let yourself sink to that level like and, and it's not, not a great a spoiler feeling. to say like the main inciting incident is that boo leaves a meeting and is waiting for her new boyfriend to pick her up and a dude stumbles out of his car drunk and gets uh rough with her yeah and now it's that thing of like you know this is when she's celebrating her sort of like uh you know the anniversary of like how long she's been clean yeah, and she's she, really good her about sobriety herself. and then this guy is like come on and take a drink with me and she's like okay fine i will and then right. which he i like yeah, he, he attempts to yeah, he he attempts to assault her. I love that he has a cartoony like drinky flask. Yeah. <laughs> like I I love these I've never known anybody who has like a flask like that. Like I for me that's like a hop and a skip away from like a jug with three X's on it where you drink from it and say hick. Um See what's which wild I, is I know so many people with flasks. <laughs> man, maybe this is just I, I keep my drinking confined to either like I'm at a place drinking, or I'm at home drinking, and I have little stemless wine glasses that I drink from. Like, yeah, I don't... it's it's an alcoholic thing. It's a carry yeah. liquor in your breast pocket, so no one. Knows. It's a sneaking <laughs> nips kind of thing. Well, this is when you're a priest who's losing the faith. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know. you got to keep yeah, it in your yeah. breast pocket, and it also <laughs> will stop a bullet or a, a stake, depending on the movie you're. <laughs> Exactly. It's, it's there's a reason it's a classic. Um, but yeah, honestly, Boo from 2019, I liked it a lot, and I think because with, now with horror shorts, I think I get so delighted when I see a good horror short that I want to sort of uh, hype it up a little bit. Yeah, and the like, best thing is it doesn't need to be a film or a franchise or anything. Mm-hmm. It just works by itself. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's fucking great. Now, looking at the list, I would say uh, the cap for me is that I think this movie, uh, uh, Boo, the short film, is better than Microwave Massacre at number 316. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> better. I know you think it's better than Microwave Massacre because you bear that movie a blood grudge. <laughs> um, it's also better, I think, than uh, Batman Gotham by Gaslight. Well, yeah. Um, it, at least because there are, like, women in this who have agency and can do stuff. In fact, uh, almost entirely women with almost, agency. Almost entirely. In Batman, now, hold Gotham on a dang Gaslight. minute. Are we saying it's better than Curious George, a Halloween boo fest? Oh, the heavy hitter. All right. All right. That That's on you to decide. I mean, it's it's very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Curious George, a Halloween boo fest does have a fucking great soundtrack. Um, it's definitely better because it's better than um, short film Crow Hand at number two fifty six, oh, yeah. which is just a, a joke. Yeah, yeah, Crow Hand is meant to be a gag. Yeah, um, is it better than Your Date Is Here? That's where I like really get yeah. stuck. Yeah, there we go. I would say I do not think it is better than Your Date Is Here, um, but I think it is very close to it. Now, why? Actually, what is it that doesn't edge it out? Because I would argue the acting and the storytelling is better in Boo, but I would argue that the scare ooh. and the twist is better in Your Date Is Here. 
agree. I think on on a character level, I would give the edge to Boo, but your data's here. I think just that that last shot where the pizza lid closes and then you see the thing and then it just cuts immediately to the like uh, sort of blue eyed soul like doo wop song that they that they made for your data's here. I think. You know what? Your data here is here has an original song, and if anything, we are suckers for original songs. Yeah, and there's another movie that has an original song right beneath it, which is Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. Uh, I think, I don't think it's uh, a wild thing to say that Boo uh, is better than Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. Absolutely not. I think it's definitely better than Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. (laughs) So I think it would go right well right underneath your data is here at number 244. Yeah, I feel pretty good about that. And once again, uh, thank you so much for, for sending us those those shorts to, to screen. Yeah, thanks, Rockfit. You're um, awesome. Um, oh, also, she's a um, Disney Channel star. No shit. She has had some parts in some Disney Channel movies and also oh, wrote and directed the most ghoulish short film I've seen all year. Man, God so, bless. That's, yeah. the, glow, the glow up is real. Like this is eventually you get to do do ghoul shit for money. Um, Quincy, where can our listeners find us on the internet? Oh, we are doing ghoul shit everywhere these days. We have a letterboxed, we have a Twitter rank and file cast, we have an Instagram rank and file. We have our own website now, rankandfile.com. It's got some really great um, interviews and essays, so please go check those out. We have our Patreon that we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, patreon.com slash rank and vile. Um, if you want to send us a listener request, we're going to try to get a whole listener request episode up in the new year. Um, go yeah. to our Tumblr, which is rankandvile.tumblr.com, and put that in our ask box. If you want to get in touch about us reviewing your film, if you're a filmmaker, or um, any kind of collaborations or promotions or anything like that, shoot us an email at rankandvilecast.com. You can also send listener requests there. Please do not send a listener request through DM. Um, those uh, don't get into my spreadsheet the same way. They will be they will be swallowed by the void. Yeah, like yeah. it's yeah. they they just get forgotten because we get yeah. so many. You know, we had so many messages. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. Just, in, I mean, kind of though. Like, like we're not like inundated, but we and enough that we we probably won't see it if you DM it. So yeah, definitely either uh, rankandvilecast at gmail.com or in our ask box on Tumblr. We should do like a, a, a mailbag episode. But yeah, but barring that, that is about all I got. You got anything else? Stay spooky, y'all. Later, folks.